0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Blue Sertiate Talks podcast. I'm Paul Connolly, and I'm joined by uh, a Whitby Town player from the uh, from the mid two thousands. A midfielder. He's uh, in the RAF. He's been around the non league circuit. It's Mr. Tom Class. How are we doing, Tom? I'm good. Paul, thanks for yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yeah, have a have a chat about your footballing career. We might as well get straight into it. Um, I mean, just just talk us through, obviously, we'll talk about Leeds United and where you sort of start your professional journey in the game. Uh, but talk us through your sort of early years and your earliest memories of football.
1: Yeah, so my dad, uh, obviously a lot of people at Whitby will know, know my dad. Um, He's coached uh like a junior side. So myself and a few mates, uh, one to not Aaron Lennon, comes along uh, and we were great, actually. Then at eight, eight year old, I got signed for Leeds. Um through to Leeds to 15, uh, got a bad injury. I went out, I think, for about nine months. Leeds sent me all over. Uh, spent a lot of money on me uh, to try and get me right. It was something to do with my heel, but they found out it was growth spurts in the end. Um, they thought my career. were done it at an early age at 15 uh, with a of injury. Moved to Bradford City. Seemed to be fine after that. I just played through it for a, a little while. Um, and then, obviously, from Bradford, I went up to Livingston. They went into our administration. Uh, as I already sign a deal with them, pro deal, and then uh, I just had enough football. Really, I just thought, wow, this is a bit weird. And then that's where a horse. Uh, I think what happens is they put a quarter out uh, for lads coming out full time game, and Whitby Town come up. And I remember saying to my dad, "Tell you what, let's go there for fish and chips." And my dad were like, "You can't just pick a club for for fish and chips." Anyway, I did, and that's. That's where I ended up at Whitby, and yeah, it were, uh, I had a great time, actually. My dad got looked after. You know, I can't find the pub enough for what, what they did with my dad. I mean, it had come to end at games. I'd go see him in barn, they'd have fed and watered him. You know, and I had to drive home all the time because, you know, as you can imagine, it it had a fair few. So, yeah, uh, it was great, to be honest. And that, that's how it come about to go to Whitby, um, just dropping out a full-time game and just, I thought i not lost interest, but, Especially going at Livingston getting offered a deal and then them going to administration. It was just weird, really. I'd sort of like not burnt my bridge at Bradford, but it was a case of it was not gonna work out right at Bradford with a gaffer. And I just said to me, i will forget this. And then like I say, Whitby come along. As was also a non-league clubs, really, and a few conference clubs at the time, which I wasn't really interested in, and then like I say with Whitby with fishing chips, I just said just a laugh really to my dad let's go there and that's that's how it, how it happened really yeah.
0: we'll just obviously chat about Leeds then now you mentioned Aaron Lennon's name there um, yeah. But sort of the, the age groups around you as well there must there must be some very good players in there i think James Milner will have been around that time as well players like that who have gone on to have sort of remarkable longevity in the game tom i mean you you look at that and it, it's a credit to to what Leeds United's academy setup was like then and, and what it is now
1: yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, my age group, myself, Aaron Lennon, um, age group below, uh, Johnny Alston, uh, Cy Walton, and then age group above, uh, obviously Miller, James Milner. Um, so, in my era, in just in that three years, you know, it was fantastic. Um, but even further on, you know, we had a, they had a lot of Irish lads come over um, who, who, who were fantastic as well. Obviously, Phil were uh, a little bit above us, but he were more Aaron's Aaron's brother's age group, um, but yeah, the the academy at Leeds were, were fantastic. Um, produced some some top top players, and they still are to be honest. So it's you know it, it was really good. But yeah, that that them them three, I still keep in touch with a few of them. Um, you know, obviously Aaron's uh, my best mate. So I went to watch him a Sunday uh, against Liverpool. Uh, so yeah, I still keep in touch Say so a lot. To to obviously Milner, if I see him at games. Um, and obviously Johnny Alston and, and things like that, but yeah, it's like it's like you say there. Uh, Leeds Academy, excellent, really good.
0: Being released at sort of fifteen year old, then um, just sort of take us back into that moment because you're fifteen and you and you sort of dealt that kind of that kind of rejection, isn't it? I mean, what what was the fifteen year old Tom Class thinking there?
1: Yeah, a bit weird, really. Um, I was flying to be honest. They were ready to offer us a, a four year deal uh, at fourteen because the oh it worked before with the with a with a YT system. The ready to offer us a like say, might be maybe a five year deal. Sorry, um, at, at fourteen, so it, we're all looking good. And then I remember playing at the Cliff Manchester United training ground. Um, uh, I played full back at time. Uh, Alex Berg somewhere on that day. Man, I remember my dad having photos with him and that. My dad's Scottish, and I remember going into a tackle. Uh, it was a bit dirty actually. I think I did go two footed. Um, and I, I just couldn't run after that. I, I it was my heel, didn't know what it was. That, that, like I say, you know, escalated, it just kept kept going to be honest, into under 15s. And to be fair, at Leeds, that I, I can't follow them because they, they spent quite a lot when only sending me at best places, trying to get me sorted to see what this, this issue was. Nobody could come up with what the issue was. Um, and then it got to the stage, you just said to my dad, Look, we're we don't know what we can do, you know, what much more we can do, really. We don't know when he's going to be back fit. I was in the physio room when Woodgate, uh, Dubrain, and Tony Aquif. actually, were all going through that court case. Um, so I was in with them and I got really, really close with them. They were having a bit of a laugh for me and the physios at the time. Um, but they just said, that there's nothing they can do. They didn't know what it was like. I said, I can't, I can't fault leads for it. They, they did all they can. And then weirdly, uh, I remember the night that they called my dad uh, and my dad shouted on to me I on, was on doing a bit of physio work he said oh we need to go Anyway, we goes into a room and they just said look we're, we're going to have to sort of like release your contract really. release from your contract um, you know yeah we got it I think I cried all the way home um, and for a few days after to be honest and my dad were like he were really like peeved off at of leads, but I the older we got, we knew that it, it won't them. You know, we got a phone call from Everton, but at the time, my dad, my dad had a pacemaker fitted, so we couldn't really travel much. Um, and then Bradford City come knocking a couple of days later and said, "Do you want to play for us at weekend?" And I, I said, "Well, I can't really run, you know, my heels were." Anyway, the following week, they phone me again. Look, we come on and sign for us. And my, and my dad said, "How do you feel?" I said, "I'm just going to give it a go and try and play." And weirdly, I played that following week and it were bad. The deal was bad. Um, but I just wanted to prove Leeds wrong that I could come back from this injury. Turns out it was a uh, growing, like a growing spurt I was going through. But it caused me that much issues. And just as Leeds had told me that they couldn't do anything about it, literally 10 days later, I'm there. I am playing for Bradford City and it's like, if only they'd have waited 10 days. But, you know, that's things happen in life for a reason, you know. It, and you know I'll, I'll never change that. It's you know I've still enjoyed myself in it. You know it was good actually.
0: You mentioned then about moving on to Bradford City and it, and it not ending brilliantly, you could say. Uh, just just talk us through that through that period then, Tom.
1: It's a good massive club. Um, when I signed there at fifteen, they were Carpool and all you know, like that first team at the time uh sixty they went through many issues as well it must it just be me uh with, with professional clubs um broke into youth team Colin Todd with gaffer and I remember one day if you sat we had the away changing rooms at um at valley parade and first first team at Holmes I remember one day at bell when when the bell rings from the the referee's room where the gaffers were you have to go see what he wants so I was sat there and I'm like oh i can't delegate this to anyone I'm youngest in there or one of them. So I goes in, and he says, oh, fill us a bath. So I put my bath on, Colin Todd, filled him a bath, checked it with my elbows, you do. Anyway, about 10 minutes later, and he's shouting quite explicit, you know, shouting at, like, I won't say what he said, but yeah. So I goes in, and he's started carrying on with me, just basically, oh, you, I've burned my feet or something. And yeah, it it would a bit weird from there. But yeah, it he was good as well. You know, the first team lads were good. I, I cleaned in one, went... went Dean Windass' boots, uh, Lee Crooks, who I'm, uh, I still speak to Dino, uh, Lee Crooks, who I'm in partnership now with a coaching company, he's become one of my close pals, um, Stephen Schumacher, who's now uh, manager at Plymouth, I spoke to him other week actually, which is good, so I'm still in contact with us lads from Bradford, so, you know, I wouldn't say, I'd say it were a really, not life, not life-changing, what's the word, it's I've made friends for life from there, you know, so it was a great experience. But again, it just didn't work out. It was just one of them weird things where it's just football, really. You know, I've seen a lot of very good players there, probably better than a few at Leeds, that didn't make it, which were weird. And then, you know, well, that's just football for you, I suppose. And then I remember one day we were training. The youth team manager said, oh, that guy over there is watching you. And I'm looking over and he had a, a black jacket on with a yellow badge. So as you do, I said to him, of us kick a ball over that way. He kicked it over and out and in, in it with Livingston. Anyway, next day, we get the phone call. They want me to go up on loan. Last we'll five games at season. So I, I goes up. Um, I remember getting a train up. <laughs> they said, just get the train up, put you in a an hotel. And when I got to uh, we're at Edinburgh Station, I don't know, did it, but it Glasgow. I forget which one it went out. but there were a big Porsche Cayenne. Which were brand new cars at the time with big Livingston badges on it, and everyone's looking at me. And this guy's like asking me to carry my bags, and I said, I can carry my own bags, mate, you know. But yeah, they put me in an hotel. Because I would English, had so turned me eating off. Um, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And then I goes down for dinner or my tea, and there were a, a table with a chair with a candle, like lit, lit at that. And I'm like, that's not for me. That. So I went round to a local Chinese. Anyway, next, next day I played played for Livingston, got sent off on my debut uh, with a left-back at the time, Jamie McAllister. It was all game for about 60, 70 minutes, just telling me, I'm English this, I'm English that. So anyway, I ended up two-footing him in a tackle. He did the same to me. Jumped up, he stuck nut on me. And then, yeah, we both got sent off. And that, that was it. We got a four-game ban. But John Roberts and Gaffer at the time were, were keen on taking me. It was just unfortunate, really.
0: Yeah, and then uh, obviously we've we've spoken about sort of how the Whitby, Whitby move came about then after living Stern and yeah. leaving Bradford. I mean, just, just talk to us then about your first impressions of Whitby Town Football Club. Cold, windy, <laughs> uh, pitch were a bog.
1: It took me ages to adjust, to be honest. I, I think when I first come in and it's like all and non-league, I've noticed now, you know, fans go, oh, we're getting a player from such and such or, you know, uh, and I think people thought he's rubbish at, at start. Um but it, I did, I struggled, to be honest. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I struggled to start with with just the pace of the game and there were people in your face, long ball, it was a lot of long ball, you know, getting on second balls. And like I say, when playing at the Turnbull ground, the sea's literally a stone throw, ain't it? So the wind were coming off at sea and the weather, oh, yeah, it was crazy. But I, I enjoyed it. it was, you know, I think that's made me out to be what I am now, to be honest. I think it's probably one of the better clubs I could have started at. In non league, just because you know, like I said, we're traveling far, we're throwing at deep end, we're doing quite well at the time, but yeah, it were hard to start with. All I'm not gonna lie,
0: it was uh, Dave Logan, the manager, then when you were uh, when you came into Whitby, you had you know all this experience in the pro game, he, he was a Whitby town legend, he'd won the FFRs, everything like that. And yeah. um, what, what was Logie like to play under?
1: Yeah, we're great, Logie. Yeah, uh, weirdly, until
0: about a year ago, I
1: played a went to a Scarborough Legends game, uh, playing a Scarborough Legends game, and Billy Logan was there. He's obviously, uh, it was his son. Now, I've, I never knew that Billy were, were David's son. I, weirdly, I don't know how. So I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm watching my son. And I'm going, your son, Billy? He said, yeah. And I, he just mesmerized me all day then. So when we went out for a few beers, I, was, I still couldn't believe it, but I, I got to catch up with David, yeah, And we were on about Whitby actually. And, just saying, how when he first got me in, he thought, oh, he's great. And then after the first four or five games, he was thinking, oh, this kid isn't very good. But then I soon adjusted. And I think that after that, I think then uh, Lee Nogan come in. Lee Nogan come in, brought a lot of his new players in. They were, they were in and out, really, to be honest. Um, again, it would adjust into a different manager and a different style of play. I'm, I'm used to, like you say, being in a full-time game where, you know, how, how they want you to play and... Etc. But yeah, Davey were, were a top man, uh, you know, really, really nice bloke. And he were firm but fair. You know, he'd, he'd be harsh on you if you had to be harsh, but he'd give you praise if he needed to give you praise as well.
0: Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you came into a dressing room there, then, Tom, that we mentioned obviously Dave Logan as the manager. They were going quite well in the league as well, weren't they, Whitby? Yeah, Bruno. I remember Big Bruno. Uh,
1: yeah, what a guy he was. I mean, You'd put ball either side, you know, two yards either side of him, he'd get out of it somehow. And you'd hear defenders and opposition team and, and their gaffer shouting, keep him on his right. But no matter what, he was that big and strong. He always got on his left. And you just see him 40 yards out, top bend, you know, oh, Bruno, how have you done that? People used to say, who's that, who's that guy at Whitby? I say, oh, he's like, he's a, he's a unit and a half, but you can't get ball off him. And if he gets sight of goal, it's in. Um, and what a player he was. Technically, class. Uh, little Tommy Raw, you know, he, he was great in behind, quick. We had a load. Dan Favre, Dan Favre in center half, good player. They do a load, really. Could keep going on, you know, he would great it. D- Cami, goalkeeper. I thought Cami were about 50 when I joined. I think he's not 50 yet. You know, great, another great bloke, fantastic bloke. Uh, big South African, what,
0: what were he called? Robinson, Robbo, robo, yeah. yeah. Good bloke as well. Great, great side. So, obviously, then, we mentioned Dave Logan. He left the club. Uh, Lee Nogan came in. Just, just talk to us about the differences, then, between Logan and Nogan as managers. Yeah, a bit weird, like I say. I was just adjusting to probably the
1: non-league side of it, what what, what Logie had. Um, because he'd been more in the non-league circuit than what Lee Nogan had. And I just started adjusting to that. And then, Lee Nogan come in and he wanted to play a bit more football and stuff and he brought a lot of his own lads in and I think Winogi, with, with if he had one bad game he'd try and change it up another, again, another another great bloke he'd try and change it up and then the team kept, it, it was changing constantly and he just, like I say it, obviously it's his, it's his job on the line but yeah, it was
0: stop start really with Winogi
1: um, just a weird one really
0: yeah, because um sort of towards the end of that season then you went to you went to goal for a spell, um went March sort of March to October at goal and then returned to Whitby. Uh what, what was that little spell in between like at goal then?
1: Rubbish. <laughs> uh bloke I knew from from years, uh like a mate of mine, hewick he gaffer there. they for a bit of money actually. Um chairman had, had a few quid at the time. And he just said, Do you want to come and play? And again, like I say, I was in and out with Nogi and I didn't know how, the one minute Nogi were, I were his favourite player, then I won, then I would, could find another club, then it, it was just a bit weird, like, like I say, because I'm an on league, I didn't know how it all worked, I was, I'm still relatively new at this stage, so yeah, so I went to goal and again, that were, it, it were just, yeah, it was a crazy like drop, if that makes sense, it were, it was just weird. And then because, obviously, I won't long out of the full-time game and then coming from Whitby down into Go, the opposition would be like, they'd be at you straight away, you know, thinking like, oh, you dropped down a few levels. And, it, yeah, it was weird. But, again, it, a good experience, you know, and it set me up. Again, these experiences set set you up uh, further on your career.
0: So, yeah, that that return to, uh, to Whitby then came, as we mentioned, October 2007. Uh, not the best second debut to come into a, a 6-1 defeat against and Albion, but, uh, I mean, what, what was it that brought you back to Whitby then?
1: I just, I really like the club. Um, and, like, a, for me, I'm a big family man and my dad followed me all over. And the way the club trip my dad were, I can for no better. You know, there were, like I say, there'd be times it, it would be on way, and he'd be like, oh, I won't drink today, son. And then after a game, I'd be like, I'm going by, it'd be just, yeah, He'd be, be pissed as a fart, really, uh, and then fed him and watered him. You know they were great, and to to be honest, I, I'm all bothered about I my mean, dad enjoying it really as well than than myself. You know, and it was a great family run club. You know, everyone, it were a close knit because it's you know not, not a massive place, close knit community. It was just fantastic, really, and that's that's what brought me back.
0: I can imagine your dad enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the fact you were coming back to Whitby as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's 33 appearances in that second spell, um, you finished altogether at Whitby on, on 70 appearances, four goals, um, and then moved to Osset Town, July 2008.
1: Yeah, a bit closer to home then, I obviously I'd um, sort of like got into non-league a bit more, I knew how things worked, and it's a bit weird really, and it's not all about, as you get older, you, you realise it's not all about money, but as a young lad, there were a lot of clubs and we'll, when we go through my clubs, you'll you'll realise that some teams are throwing silly amounts of money and you're like, wow, this is like, this is crazy, Do you know, for this, is this how it works? I didn't understand, but us were on my doorstep, you know, 20 minutes away. Uh, at the time, it just felt right for me to to move from, or move to there. I don't think, I can't remember what, I'm sure something happened at, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know if I'd been left out at squad maybe a couple of times. Like, I can't remember, but, yeah, it just felt right at, at the time that, you know, I think with my dad as well, his health went down a bit, you know, so it was just right for me to do, not, not what were best for myself, but what were easiest really, I, I think. And I think, like I say, were close by, so I ended up going there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And obviously then um, we, we sort of, we went through your career um, just before we came on and uh, we'd go through that list of clubs, obviously Osick Town, Bradford Park Avenue in the... Uh, Farsley as well, but uh, 2011 yeah. being sort of the big shift for yourself in that you uh, you joined the RAF.
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah, so just before, obviously, Bath Park Avenue, uh, Bob Blackburn, chairman, and the money they were throwing were like a full-time wage for a part-time footballer at the time. Um, then I went to Farsley, Conference North. Um, weirdly, again, as I told you, it must be my luck. They went into administration, that's when I went bust. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, um, we got an offer, I got a, well, my mate, Lee Crooks, who, again, were at uh, Bradford City, or well, cleaned his books, So I said about, he joined the RAF, and said, it's like a full-time, it's like being a full-time footballer again this time, you know, you hardly ever work, you're just playing football, oh, I'll have a look at that, and my dad were a marine, so my dad's going, yeah, go do well, that, son, you know, so I didn't know where I wanted to go in my life, and I thought the, the money at Bradford Park Avenue up Farsi, I thought that that can't last throughout my career. Surely it's it's non-league, you know, it's it's part-time. So, yeah, so I ended up joining RAF. Um, and to be honest, it's been great. It's set my life up. I've done 10 years to date. Uh, I've got 18 months left. I'll, I'll be out in 18 months. I've had a bad bad shoulder injury uh, playing for RAF against the Navy in 2018. Snapped my shoulder. Um Dislocation, fracture, bone diffusion—quite a lot, lot of things going on with it. I managed to play on for ten minutes with one arm, but as you know, it, you don't. We, I think we were getting beat at the time. And I just said I'm not coming off, and you know, I want to try and get back in this game. But anyway, I had to come off. Went to hospital. I've had two operations since, uh, and it's still ongoing. Um, God knows what's going on, but yeah, so I've got eighteen months left. But it's been great um, with the RF. Obviously, I played it's my eleventh season. Uh, with RA football, I've been captain uh, throughout that for a, a few years. Uh, we're captain of the UK Armed Forces football team for six years. Um, the most successful British military captain has been. Uh, we won the Kentish Cup, which we play against uh, Holland and France, which is recognised by uh, FIFA and UEFA. So we've won that, well, we've won it four times in a row now, but I'd won it three times, listed as a captain three times in a row. So that were. You know, in itself, that's a that's a great, you know, achievement. Um, something that I'm proud of and my family's proud of. Um, 2018 FA Cup final carried the FA Cup up to the roll box. You know, f- just for my uh, achievements in, in in military football. So, you know, w- without joining the RAF, I would not I would not have had the opportunities I've had. Traveled the world playing football. Um, been to Afghanistan. You know, best time in my life. That I miss my family, of course, but. Afghanistan. wow. I think I played more football out there than I did when I'm here. Um, met some great people. We were just fantastic, to be honest. You know, and these opportunities I've had, I'd have never known about if it, you know if I didn't join the RF. So I'm I'm grateful to them, to be honest. So it's a bit, it might end a bit bad, but I'm I'm grateful to, to for that as well.
0: I mean, you mentioned there, obviously, captaining the the um, the forces side. Um... And I mean, looking at that, you mentioned about going in and playing football and it almost being a little bit like a, being a full-time footballer again.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, you, you look at the athletes that have sort of come out of the forces over the years, athletes, footballers, the likes of Lee Bradbury, who, who obviously went on to play for Portsmouth. Um, yeah. And there's there's been a few, hasn't there? I think Kelly Holmes was one as well. So yeah, I mean, there's yeah. Yeah, for, for any young person who's quite good at sport, it's quite a good pathway to get into.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I tell young people now, you know, try to get around, try to be a bit of an ambassador, really, for, for the Air Force as well. Um The area where I'm from, uh, you know, originally is not, not overly great and the opportunities around that, so I've got into coaching to get the kids off the streets, Um you know, and I, and I always push to them and schools around, around myself, you know, about the opportunities in the RAF and what they can achieve. You know, you don't have to be a sports person just to join, you know. Even if you don't play sports, you know, it's still a fantastic um, you know, a job and and it it can set you. Like I say, it set me up for life. To be honest, it sorted my life out. Um, I didn't know where I was going, and it, it just stabilised me. Uh, you know, now young family, three kids. You know, it's it's, it's been fantastic.
0: So obviously, going at the RAF, you you still sort of had a semi-pro footballing career at the same time. Um, what were the sort of difficulties like then? Balancing the RAF uh, being full-time. And the part-time football, there must have been a few uh, issues with that.
1: Yeah, it, w- it was tough, yeah, to begin with. Um, especially when you're away quite a bit. It wasn't until probably, even though I knew some gaffers, it wasn't until probably when I joined Tadcaster, really, that Marsha there was, it was really understandable about it. And... um he, he got it, you know, he, he, I said I'm not missing games or training because I, I want to, it's just I can't help it, it's, it's my job. You know, and a lot of times when I was missing it was because I was playing football, so I was keeping fit and I was playing at a very good standard. Um, but, yeah, it, the first few years were, were tough. It's um, probably why I went through a few clubs in, you know, up until last probably, up until probably 2014. Um, I think that first few years, three years, Managers would ring you, oh, come and sign for me. We'll give you X amount, blah, blah, blah. We understand. And then when you'd have a run of four or five games, you'd, you'd play well. You know, I understand the managers because they just want you to keep playing. And then when I missed a couple of games and you get a couple of defeats, whatever, or, you, you know, they're like, oh, we need you here. And I said, I can't be there, you know, that's the thing. And then there were a few arguments here and there. Well, I'm just leaving because I can't help my job, you know, my job comes first unfortunately, and that's, that's, that's how it was for the, first, for the first few years, and then people got to understand, and then obviously I moved back uh, closer to home. Uh, you, you move up ranks a bit, and you get a bit more of a say, so it, it got better,
0: and it has got a lot better. Yeah, because, I mean, in there, there was um, obviously Scarborough Athletic that you played yeah. for. Um, <laughs> just, just talk to us about being at Scarborough Athletic then, because, you know, for, for a club at the level that it was, it, it was a very big club, but uh, obviously outside of Scarborough at the time. Yeah, massive club, yeah.
1: Um again come out of blue. Um, just a phone call and I explained to him about my situation. Uh and the gaffer <laughs> the gaffer Rudy Funk at the time. Um I remember playing, I'd play a game, say so I'd score a goal for I'm not renowned for scoring goals, but I'd score a goal and then I'd be away the following week. He'd then his team talked the week after that when I'd be back at the. Tommy, I need you here more. And I'm saying, look, you know, we had a bit of a, a laugh at Scarborough, the lads, Denny Ingram and Paddy Miller's, Tony Ackworthy, all laughs. As I used to say, if, if planes have to fly, I've got to be there. So every time Rudy had said that, the lads would like burst out laughing because they knew what would come in next. Um, but yeah, again, again at Scarborough, it, he didn't understand. He said he understood it, Rudy Funk, but he just never understood it. But again, I don't. I don't think badly of him for not. I like I, say, I understand Gaffer's point of view. Um, when lads can't make it all the time, but it's probably easy me. It's probably easy me saying because I know it works in the military. But you, you know what you're getting into, really. You know, it's like when you sign a lad non-league and he's worked away for a week. Just same as, as myself, or was the same as myself at the time. But you just got to learn how to manage that. But yeah, Scarborough, massive club. You know, another good club. Probably get called a few things off Whitby fans here. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it there as well, to be honest. They looked after me, you know, that's, that's the main thing. No, Good stuff. Um, and, yeah, obviously that time at Scarborough, you mentioned the players that were that were in there. Um, I mean, they did have a very talented squad, didn't they, for the level they were at? Yeah,
1: really good squad, yeah. Um, we won the league that year, in fact. I, I think I'd just left, I think, enough for enough of Rudy Funk, I think I told him. I think I think I actually said to him, or I said to the lads, if I'm on the bench, I'd scored two away at Lincoln... Morelands, I think it would be called. We won 12-0 or something. Uh, I scored two goals. And I said to the lads, if I'm on bench next week, I'm going. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, he's messing about me. Anyway, <laughs> played Redford away. And he named the team. And then number 12 or 14, Tom Cliss. I just jumped up. I said, right, lads, put my bag up. All the best for the season. And off I went. And that was it, really. They were, you know, Rudy was saying, oh, stay. won't. I won't say it with a bad attitude for myself, it was just more I could not get a run going i would get a run going then and, and you'd score goals and it, it kept on saying it it' be because I want there all the time, and that just won't good enough for me, you know, and the lads were telling me stay, stay, we're gonna win this league, which we didn't end, but I just couldn't I didn't have full faith in the gaffer at the time that he had full faith in myself if that made sense yeah. so again it, it it ended a bit wrong at Scarborough um but it could have been handled a lot better.
0: You sort of continued around that non-league circuit, then um, some, of the, some of the clubs, like Ossie Albion, uh, Hansworth as well, um, ended up at Tagcaster, and you mentioned yeah. that Paul Marshall there. Um, I mean, he's got one hell of a reputation, actually, in the non-league circuit, done very well, wherever yeah. he's been, Paul Marshall. Um, just talk to us about him as a manager. Top guy. Top, top guy, Marshall, yeah.
1: He just says how it is, to be honest. More, nicest bloke you'll meet, but... If you were crap, he'd say, You were crap today. There's a bit here, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but around on league, but I always have a beer on a Friday night myself. Uh, I've done it for about 10 years. It's just a bit of a ritual I have. So if I had a bad game, Marshall'd say to me on a Saturday, Have you been out last night? And I'd be like, I ain't gaffing. Her. He went, Well, next week, go out, you know, basically saying, Go out because you're rubbish when you don't. But yeah, he, he was great, he, he He got it. He understood it. He understood my situation. He, he, he were it was great, you know. It from then really that I think more people started to understand. And then, if say for example we had a, he had another lad in, so if I want uh, available midweek, he'd play the lad. But the lad would understand that when I were back, I'd play. So it, it worked well to be honest. And sometimes if they'd win five nil midweek, I'd, I'd ring him and say, "Look, Gaffrey, you can't really change it. It's not fair." Yeah, but class here, you know, we've got this agreement. I said, "I understand that," but. You know, on the other hand as well, I, I get it. as It's not fair if, if we scrape to win or whatever or the lad did play well then, fair enough. But dude, I just knew there was a good bond there and a good understanding. But yeah, Tabcaster, great. Another, another great club. I really enjoyed my time there. Marsha, we, I remember playing away with a little story. We were playing away at Highworth. We were in quarterfinal at Vars and they had a good left back. And he says to me, I want you to play right-hand side today. And I'm like, winger. I've never played wing in my life. I, I could do a job, but I'm not quick. I'm not going to beat a man. I'm renowned for my passing, really. And, and that, and he's like, no, no, you'll be fine. Anyway, 70 minutes, didn't have the greatest of games. He pulled me off. So I said, right, that's me done. Took my boots off, threw them over the fence, took my shin pads, threw them over the fence, went in and just went straight into the bar. And we had a bit of a laugh on way back. And yeah. I think I ended up with not a lot on on coach on way back. Um, but yeah, uh, Marsh understood that as well, you know. He he, he, he apologized that playing me out of position. So we, we we got we had that that bond where we could speak to each other. Whereas other managers I played under, him, more like, yeah, you played there. Simple as that's it. You had a team or whatever. But you know, it, it was great. Yeah, and I, I speak to him every nil every week now. Every other week, and if there's any players that you know come available or whatever, I always speak to him about them. He's he's great, great bloke. That's like, so yeah. I, I see him as a friend for life.
0: And do you feel that sort of, um, that way of him dealing with things and being as approachable as he is, is probably the key to his success in the non-league
1: game? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. He, he He's the most honest manager you, you'll find as well. You know, he'll say, my team's crap, but we, we're we good at, you know, working hard or, you know... It, it, yeah, it's just how he treats people. It. it I think when I signed at Taddy, I think what he liked about me at the start was... Um, no money got mentioned. There were no money whatsoever got mentioned. And I think two or three weeks in, he went, Classy, we haven't paid you yet. What, what, you know, we need to sort something out. I'm like, yeah, we'll sort it. Don't worry. But I knew when I spoke, first spoke to him, literally what the sort of guy he was. So I'm more prepared to go run through brick walls for him than speak about money. That'll come when it comes, you know, more for enjoyment, really. But yeah, I, I do think he does so well because he's honest with it. He's just an honest bloke, you know. If you're good, he'll tell you. If you're bad, he'll tell you. And that's just that's just him. And 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 that's why he's probably they will probably be for years to come.
0: Good stuff. So from uh, from Tagcast then, was there a spell at Pickering as well? Or was it straight to Emily?
1: Oh yeah, Pikes, yeah. Played at Pikes. Uh, Marsha went there, obviously. Yeah. But I'd gone down to Bryce Norton at the time, which is Oxfordshire. So again, it was it were to and from really. I were on shift. Um Obviously Denny Ingram were there. Denny's Denny were a massive part. I should mention mention Denny here because well whilst they were at Taddy with Marsha and at Pickering, he he were great, Denny. He he were like the they were like a good cop, bad cop, you know, the gaffers a bad cop, and Denny were always a good cop. And there'd be times Denny would say, lads, this ain't working. Let, we're doing this. You know, if Gaffer says, Oh, we'll go in and we'll we'll, we'll speak to him at the End of the Game or at our time. So Denny Ingram were were absolutely massive for for uh, right-hand side of my mars- shoes, you know. But, yeah, them two call me. Denny called me. Will oh, you know, come, in, come in classy? Yeah, no problem. You know, goes in. And, and again, Pikes were good. You know, they understood it. Especially Denny, you know, he, he understood me. He knew what i give when I was there.
0: So, he, again, it were all honesty, you know, and
1: it was great. Again, I'm friends with Denny for life as well.
0: Just going back to the RAF then, and we mentioned, touched on it briefly earlier, um, the FA Cup 2018, it was... Um, hundred years of the RAF celebration
1: yeah. um,
0: around the FA Cup final, and you were chosen. Um, you were chosen to obviously have the honour of taking the FA Cup to Wembley and and uh, giving to the teams.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought it was a joke. You know, military's like for jokes and, and pranks. I'd won uh, Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year that that season. I uh, get a phone call off some big wig like, "Yeah, Tom, you've been chosen to do this," and I'm like, "Yeah, good one." Put phone down phone goes again no no you've been chosen to do this I said yeah I'm not you know I'm not having it anyway I've all, all confirmation come through emails and my boss pulled me in I said yeah yeah you, you're carrying the FA Cup fantastic what an experience that was you know the FA were great um, looked after me and my missus you know for two days it, I mean how many people can say they've carried the FA Cup especially it's at Raw Box? you know not many and I had a bit of a, a laugh with Prince William. He come to my base and he I had to go see him. I think it was about a year after, uh, because it was it was Harry's wedding on the day of the FA Cup, so he couldn't make it. So I would take a minute to the trophy to him, and he had a bit of a laugh. He apologised. Like I took at his brother's wedding, and we. I just said it's not good enough from him, you know. And it, again, that that was great for it, for him to to recognise that I, I had the honour of doing that. And then he come to to see me, you know, it, it was great, to be honest. But yeah, fantastic. You know, some of, something of that I like to tell people about, it's one of them where you, you don't want to be a, like a big time Charlie saying it at all. But I mean, what 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 an experience. I still can't believe it to this day, you know, four years on.
0: From obviously having a Leeds background, Leeds perspective yourself, I mean, not the best of finals to be involved in. It was the sort of the lesser of two <laughs> evils, Chelsea beating Manchester United, I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whoever won, it was. But, you know, I can't fault Chelsea. Antonio Conte, obviously now now manager at Spurs. Uh, so after the game, we walked straight down onto the pitch and they're all celebrating. And, you know, Conte come over to me and he says, oh, thank you for what you do for the country. And I'm like, you're Italian? He says, no, no. He said, thank you, you know. And he said, look, if you want, you come with us, celebrate. You know, come party with us. Uh, everything will be paid. No problem at all. And he were fantastic. The old Chelsea staff, David Louise as well. Uh, speaking to him, he, he were, they were all honestly they were they were brilliant. Maybe because they just won, but then Manchester United not so much. Someone said to Mourinho, "Oh, I'm a Man United fan. Can I have your autograph?" And he just brushed them off. But that's probably because they just lost. But yeah, I, I can't fault fault Chelsea. They were great, to be honest.
0: Good stuff. And uh, a little lead salute to uh, Paul Pogba, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it won't, yeah. It won't best pleased. Uh, it had the FA guys, like they, they were still talking about it a couple of days later, emailing me. But yeah, you literally stand there with the FA Cup before they come up the first steps, then they turn and go up the other steps up to the raw box and you, you're you probably three yards away if like, you've got a few bodyguards around you because people are trying to get at you. I remember uh, Phil Jones come up, Valencia come up, who else for it? I forget what of want next one more. But anyway, they, they were good, like, they were dirty looks. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm smiling, you know, just being nice. And then Pogba come up and looked me straight in the eye. And I managed to just sort of like get it a cup and give it a little bit of a lead salute. And he just give it, no, no, no. <laughs> and then just walked up steps. So, yeah, it was quite funny, actually. I'd stayed away from my remote pitch just in case I kicked off.
0: <laughs> brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Um, So, yeah, currently then, you're at you're Emily, you're player coach, Tom. How are you finding things there? Yeah, great, Emily. Yeah. A friend of
1: mine, played with him at Osset, Rich Tracy, uh, rang me about three years ago, actually, saying he, he was getting the job. Just said, Will you come in? I wanted to be my first signing, in. Will you come in? Obviously, I know a lot of lads around, around the bazaars. So, you know, we'll get a team together and, and, and off we go. And I said, Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, he knows my situation as well, a bit like Marsha. And it works well. And, and what I said to him what? I will come in if we can get this right, as in, like, yep. your work commitments, your family commitments, and your football are all on the same level. I said, I'll be able to get loads of lads in, or we'll get lads in together, but we need to, there needs to be a good balance. You know, we were in Division One counties, is it, at the time? And I don't think the club had ever been out of it. And I just said to him, Look, you know, if we get it right, if we get it right, we'll get lads in. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, of course. So, anyway, it's 25 minutes from my house, again, with my job at the time. Well, job now, you know, it, it works perfect. And again, another great club, you know, one I'd never thought of, really. But so sustainable, you know, great volunteers. They'll never struggle uh, finances-wise. Just like I say, it's all it's all set out at the start of the season for the, for the end. It's just fantastic. It, it, it really, really is. Really good club. I've been there three years now you know, I can't speak highly of it and I've had a few offers in, in that time for more money to go but I'm not interested, you know, more travelling. I'm not interested because if I'm happy, I'm happy and it's like I so say, it's all about them understanding me and my situation really but yeah, it's it's good. We've got a great side there. We we should be doing a lot better than what we are. We just struggle for injuries and stuff but, but yeah, again, it's, it's like Whitby really, you know, just a, a well-run club, a sustainable club that you know will never struggle for anything because it's running the correct way
0: and obviously we mentioned that it's sort of your first foray into coaching um at sort of the sort of level that you're at a decent non-league level um how are you finding that Tom yeah it's all right yeah so the 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 reason I went on the staff as well is
1: obviously when I went having my second operation on my shoulder the club were great you know the club were like we still want to pay you um obviously I can't sign contracts because I'm in I'm in the raft but so it was decided that right, why do you want coaching staff? Well, are injured, and you can still give give some it back. So I thought, yeah, that's that sounds great. Um, and I ended up, like I say, going on on onto the staff, and she's been on it ever since. Don't do as much now, obviously. Uh, I play week in, week out, so it's it's. I try not to get involved, and, and this is where we're good with Gaffer because I say I don't want much going on with. Team selection, I help him, but whilst I'm still playing con- continuously, um, I, it's hard, you know, because you don't want to. Obviously, I speak to that lads as well. I'm that middleman as well, and on the pitch, I'm, you know, it's it's hard. It's a fine line, really. And to be honest, I've spoken to a lot of people saying it's probably the, the trickiest role you can have in football as a player, coach, or a player manager. Because you're on a no win, really. But the lads we've got at Emily all understand. I'm still the clown in dressing room. I'm still, I still always will be that. But you know, it's still. How can I put it? It's still uh, a good role to have, and it's it's good. It's good for my CV, really, as well. You know, I've been like I said, I've had a few offers to go elsewhere and and take on a management role, but I'm not.
0: I'm not interested. I'm. I'm totally happy as I am. You know, it's great. I mean, you mentioned there then, obviously, um, management roles being offered up. Is it something that you'd maybe look at further down the line when you have finished playing?
1: Potentially, yeah. I'm going to try and play as long as I can, to be honest. Um, 35 next month. But I feel I feel better now than I did when I was 25. Um, weirdly. But yeah, I don't see why not, uh, you know, with my contacts in the game. But again, it all depends on the situation when that time does you know, does come. Uh does it fit right? Does it fit right with my family? Like I say, I'm a big believer, the three principles of your family, your football and your work has to it all has to marry up. It has to it has to be a good balance. So if there's that then and that's what there is at Emma, hence why I've so long.
0: So um just uh, at the top of the show before we start recording, Tom, I um I mentioned I dropped it on you pretty much last minute about your uh, your best eleven that you've played with um Oh, I mean, no, no pressure. No pressure. Loads of pressure, yeah. Uh
1: goalkeeper, then. Oh, dear me, I'm struggling already. Just remember, you'll
0: always upset somebody. Yeah, always. <laughs> hell.
1: Can it be any any time from my
0: yeah, any junior? time in yeah, any time in your playing career?
1: We'll come back to goalies because I I hate goalkeepers and I'm well known for it. Uh anyone who knows me will tell you that. I do absolutely rinse goalkeepers. Um, so, yeah, we'll come back to that one.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Right then. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go on with the defence then. Um, I've got it down to 4-4-2 here, so right. I'll keep it simple. Um, so, yeah, we'll go right back first off.
1: Right back. Denny Ingram. Easy one. What a, what a player, Denny. He's fantastic. Just all around leader. He, he's my captain, Denny. He's... He's my manager, my captain, my corner taker, my free kick taker, my throwing t- He's everything then, here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right then, the opposite side, left back?
1: Left back, Paddy Muller. Good friend of mine, Paddy Muller. Really good.
0: Two centre-halves.
1: Two centre-halves. Simon Ainge and Jamie Price.
0: So it's effortless when you think about it,
1: you know. You just
0: no, really no, I've missed somebody. I have missed some great players.
1: Fucking damn, you know. I'll watch this back and I think, oh no.
0: <laughs> right then, into the midfield. We'll go. Uh, we'll go right midfield first. Aaron Lennon. Good shout. Good shout. Uh, the left hand side.
1: Uh, left hand side midfield. Oh, I'm on spot here come back to that one I'm yep. <laughs> struggling
0: <laughs> right then centre midfield and we have had people that have picked themselves before so I mean no sure not me I, I wouldn't get anything, I'd be, I, I wouldn't even meet squad myself <laughs> Jono John o Greening popular one with the Whitby fans yeah
1: <laughs> yeah John o were great he were, he were fantastic when he, when he come by Um again came in contact lovely bloke uh, another centre midfielder Lee Crooks
0: Right then, the two forwards.
1: Oh.
0: You know what? Because I'm on a Whitby podcast, I'm going to put Bruno in there. you
1: got to do, Andy. Whitby down. We've got to put someone in there. Yeah, Bruno. Uh, some lads who've scored goals go all where I've been as well. I'm going to kick myself you know, with this. I'm going to uh, look back and think, oh, what about Emmys? Oh, I tell him, who did I pick left midfield? Um, You haven't picked one yet. I'll go. James Milner, left midfield. He can he can swap with Aaron. They can swap wings. Yeah, center forward, another center forward. Jamie Vardy. Good shout. About Vards then yeah, I played with Vards at Stocksbridge. We forgot about that.
0: Yeah, Vards Right then, just the goalkeeper left to uh, left to pick. <laughs> Your favorite position? Right. Can I go in goal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in that team, it'd be class, wouldn't it?
1: Um. Oh yeah, goalkeeper. Oh bloody hell! You know. I'm gonna go David Campbell.
0: Good shout. Again,
1: I'm on I'm on Whitby
0: out so yeah, I'll go Cammy. Uh
1: he was great, Cammy, yeah.
0: Hell of a team, that, to be fair, Tom. Hell of a team. So who's managing it then? Denny managing or
1: <laughs> gaffer. Oh, let's see. Nick DeLong. He so Nick DeLong's uh at Bristol Rovers at the minute. He was the UK Armed Forces gaffer at the time. Played at Bristol City. He's been all over. He's fantastic. He's managed, uh, assistant manager of Rwanda, national side, India national side. He was the, the guy that formed me before I joined the military, basically saying, you join the RAF, you'll play football constantly. But he, <sighs> what, what, what a gaffer he was. I mean, so in depth. You knew, it was RAF gaffer when I joined, then he went to the gaffer. but you, know, you knew the lad who you were playing against. You knew when he went to the toilet, what time he had his tea. You knew what he'd do, you know, when, what he'd do, whatever, when. He, basically, you knew everything about him. So, you know, when he'd go on to his left foot, when he'd go to his right foot, in what situations, he was just that much in-depth. He, he literally, you went on that pitch about just worrying about, like, yourself, basically, just, just worry about yourself and concentrate on your own performance. Because I've told you everything he's going to do against you. So, you know, he fan- he's fantastic, Nick DeLong, yeah, what a guy. There's loads, like I said, there's loads of gaffers that have been great to me.
0: Good stuff. So, yeah, we've had a couple of questions in as well, Tom. Um, oh, I mean, no. The first, the first one is, I'm uh, I'm dreading what this one's about, uh, asking about some of the antics he got up to on uh, training camp. Slab memories of finding my boots in the freezer, thanks to Tom, uh, says Riggers on Twitter. Oh,
1: God almighty. Uh, I don't think... I don't think the training camps are up when I go <laughs> go with Raph or you can be spoke about and yeah some some things are uh, yeah can't talk about what got to be yeah that one with riggers riggers yeah it was it it was it we had a in RAF we we have a few kitmen uh, there's always a few of each role um, kitmen masseurs uh, etc yeah riggers were one at kitman at time and yeah again I just used to rinse him like literally to to get away with no. Um, and he had rascal boots. So I said to him, you keep wearing them boots, mate, they're gone. So I think I cut a pair of someone's boots up as well. I pissed them as well, yeah, something like that. But yeah, But yeah, he's ended up in... I think I pissed them and put them in freezer.
0: As you do, as you do. As you do, yeah. Just normal yeah. life, that. So Christine Pettinger in touch as well. Could ask him myself, but how many clubs has he played for previously? Um, we oh, didn't name all of them before when we chatted before, oh, did Christine, we? So. Christine and Barry, yeah.
1: Uh Great people. They're my sponsors at Emily. They have been since I've been there. Again, wonderful people. You know, old couple. Barry's Barry's great. He works bar. Bar's at Emily and um, Christine. She does a dugout diner, uh, which which does fantastic food. Yeah, wonderful people. Clubs. I'll tell you Saturday, Christine. (laughs) I'll work it (laughs) out.
0: great stuff Um, yeah so we've had uh, Brett Delaney in touch as well Um, yeah I've got two haircuts left how many has Tom got
1: (laughs) oh Frog yeah good again Frog yeah I met Frog with a good pal of mine Ryan Bailey so when Frog come over from Australia he didn't have no mates obviously over here so he come into our into our um, our circle effectively and again I've been mates with Frog ever since he's he's been over here Good, good friend of mine he rips the piss out of me every day as I do him, uh, moodiest man about. But yeah, he keeps saying about my hair. I mean, I don't know. It's looking alright in the light at the minute. I think
0: I've got a few haircuts left. Has he called me two pints as well or something? And that was his. Yeah, that was his follow up. Uh, why does everyone call him two pints? <laughs> oh,
1: this is him. This he's in his own world. Uh, I can drink more than him. That's that's the thing. And with rugby lads out when we go out, I can drink more than him. But they seem to call me two pints, say I get pissed easy, but you know, I'm the one that's I can drink the most. But yeah, he's he just tells everyone with me, Oh, this is my mate, two pints. And you're like, and they, then obviously they ask, Why two pints? Oh, you can only drink two pints. And it's like, no, 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 he just it's just been, it's been ongoing in this for probably eight years now. And everybody, and even some people who I, I've never known or not known before, and I'll see them when I'm not with Frog and they'll be like, I two pints? You're like, I got it stuck. But yeah, that's that's where it comes from. Obviously rugby lads are big drinkers, aren't they? But uh but yeah that's that's where it comes from. I am a bit worried you know when I seen that about I don't think many people seen that uh ask any questions I got a bit worried thinking what's people gonna ask here but yeah I've got away lightly very lightly
0: mm. I can I can well imagine yeah um and Taylor was in touch as well it was something that we uh touched on earlier in the show about sort of the honour of um, taking the FA Cup to Wembley as part of the RAF yes. as well, um, so I think all that remains to be said. Because I did slip Ant's question in there without actually crediting him for really? it. So I, do, I do apologize, Ant. Um, so yeah, all that remains to be said. Tom, is, is thank you very much for joining us. No, no problem. Yeah, I could have gone for another hour with which stories I've had, but yeah, it's just been great to get great to
1: get back on and great great to get back involved with Whitby. You know, I keep saying I'm going to come over and 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 see people. You know, from from olden you know old, t- old times and that but uh I keep saying it it's just finding time you know and my role and that but I'd love, to, I'd love to come over you know have a few pints with, with yourself and that and you know buy a tweet watch a game and and that yeah of course but yeah th- thanks for having me you know any time you know I- I'll come on
0: top man thank you very much for joining us Tom cheers Paul thank you